This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it for free for 30 days and get a free 10-pound scale when you visit pb.com slash TMS. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, soiled or unsoiled? Spitting out a litter of model babies. Bruce Hemsworth. We're all eating wrong. A protective layer of clothing. Batman costume is too tight around the neck. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Who are you? Why did you help me? I thought it was somebody else. I can trust you. For what? To get me back to Atlanta. There's a group of doctors there, the last ones. They've been working on a cure for the plague. Makes you proud of your bathroom. Do the bees know they make honey for you? This is the morning stream. This isn't working right. There you go. Ah, still getting used to this thing. Just throwing me <laughs> off. It'll it'll happen. It'll, it you know, you'll get will used to it. Happen. At it's some point it will happen. You're right. I have faith. I believe that we can work through any problem we sure. put our mind to it. Oh yeah, sure. Uh sure. hey everybody, it's good to be here. Thank you for uh, being a part of today's program, which is Thursday's program. It is uh, October 24th, 1999. Just getting it's 2019. And uh what is this ha- what's happening? This uh, it's almost Halloween, Brian. We're a week away it from is. the great uh, one Halloween. Earth week away. One week from today, you and I will be well, we'll be joined by uh, Gidget to do some Halloween trivia. Oh, and Amy Frost, I forgot to mention. <laughs> Actually, my my Exorcist theme almost turned into uh, it turned into Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I I I can't do that part. <laughs> uh, also, that day, Amy Frost will join us. She's got a new project, and I told oh, her she should cool. come on the show and announce it. And uh, so we'll get that early on. Uh, on Thursday as well. Excellent. Yeah, big day for the uh, community there. Uh, wow. It's good to be here, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We got stuff to talk about, things to do. Starting a little late too, but that's okay. It's Thursday. Had a rough morning. Everything didn't go right. Did Nothing you? went the way Aww. it was supposed to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just uh, for a while here, Discord would not open, no matter what. Uh, there was some kind of outage. It turned out to be very temporary, and like fixed itself right on time, right before I called you. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a thing that worked out okay. And then uh, just trying to get everybody situated this morning. The dogs were being a pain in my a. Just everything's just just a little jacked up. And then today is a weird day because right after this, I'm doing current geek with Tom. And then right mm-hmm. after that, I got a whole bunch of stuff I got to finish up because right after that, I got to go to the university and teach a thing tonight. Uh, wow! And then I got to rush That's home cool. from that and then host uh, core because we couldn't do it last night because I freaking threw my back out. So that's the other fun thing. Let's talk about my back for a minute. Hey, everybody. Okay. Check this out. <laughs> my back is garbage. I can barely move. Oh, oh no. Did you overextend it or something with the uh, the, the, the two-a-days, the treadmilling and whatnot? Pro- probably and that. And I also cleaned a bunch of stuff out of the office. I think I lifted a box. It was maybe a little... Oh. Uh, a little too heavy. Didn't too use heavy. my knees. Did you, you know? lift with your back and not with your 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 legs, Scott? Probably you a little. Lift with your legs, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that you say it, that's probably a huge part of it. So, oh, yeah. Scott. 
yeah well that's real good stuff anyway i'm uh i'm sort of in recovery mode on that but then i, I can't slow down i got a billion things to do so yeah yeah. This is just the way it is. So I'm a little grumpy today. If I if I end up with a short fuse on any of our topics today, I apologize oh. in advance. Uh, it's just you know sometimes your back gives you heat. About twice a year I get a back thing, and I've had that since I was like 15. And every like two every six months, my back just says, you know what? Taking this, we're taking one out. <laughs> you're done for the day dude you're <laughs> yep and i got checked for that uh many times and the doctor just says no nah, you just have you don't have like a weird disc or anything you just have you know a tendency to throw that muscle and and it's all i can feel right where it is dude just like a big knotted up freaking ball of shit oh sorry nicole uh, and uh mateo in the car sorry it's working yeah i'll we'll throw a i'll throw a pseudo coin Oh, thank you. There you go. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate it. Pseudo uh, So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start today's uh, program with a couple of emails because I like doing those. So we're gonna do those. Trying to catch up on all the uh, correspondence we get here on the show, and I'm going to start with this one, Brian, about Australian meat pies. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I love me an Aussie meat pie. Yep, Stuart. It reminds me of that Mad TV. Is it named show. Hemsworth? No, Stuart <laughs> Hemsworth. Is that the name of the the Aussie meat pie that we're going to be talking about? Or Stuart Stuart Hemsworth, the ugly brother. <laughs> uh, it says hi, Sergeant and Balfour. Uh, that's an Aussie meat pie manufacturer reference. So we just have to okay. take him at his word there because I don't actually know. Right, sure. It says Australia pie culture comes from our English roots. They tended toward uh, more towards savory pies. He says. Often as a way to make meals, uh, or sorry, to take meals to work. I have no idea where the U.S. thing for sweet pies came from. Our sweet pies tend to be hot fruit pies with pastry lid and base. Well, we do that too. Yeah. Not always, I mean, but you know. Uh, no, but I mean like, you know, an apple pie or a peach pie or a cherry pie is going to be a hot fruit pie with a pastry lid and base. You can eat those without them being hot, but uh, they're better hot for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pecan pies don't have a lid. Right. Lid. A lid. A lid. I don't see Paul Hollywood saying, um, I'm going to dock you some points because your, uh, your mince pie doesn't have a lid. It's not a, it's not a proper <laughs> lid. It's a bad lid. No lid on your mince pie. <laughs> your bread lid. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they, I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from either. We could probably find out, but uh, maybe it's German or something because, you know, a lot you know of what? Yeah. Wherever it came from, I thank wherever it came from for the U.S.'s thing for sweet pies. Oh, yeah. Because. No, no problem with sweet pies. Yeah. Yeah, they're the best. Kidding me? Yeah, no complaints about pies. I know we got, we have also got the coconut cream pie, and that doesn't have a lid. Mm. Or a uh, a pumpkin pie doesn't have a lid. Mm. Brian, where's your lid, Brian? Where's your lid? How come your pie doesn't have a lid? Yeah. Lidless pies. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, Stuart's from Melbourne, by the way, if I didn't put that out there. Uh, thank oh. you for your email from so far. I don't know where your American thing for sweet pies with no lids comes from. <laughs> where do you yinks get off with your lidless pies, your sweet pies? You know, when you go there next, they're just going to dogpile you or something. They're just going to like everyone in the room. <laughs> when I go to Australia yeah. next, yes. Yeah. They're just going to say He's that's here, it. boys. Hey, he's here. <laughs> like, you know. Bruce, Bruce, get him. Bruce, you too, Bruce. <laughs> You too, Sheila. How about you, Sheila? Sheila Bruce? and Bruce. Sheila, All the Sheila's won't you guys join us? 
Get a Hemsworth. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no Bruce Hemsworth. I, I want to recount. I don't know. Where, what's his deal? Yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of the Hemsworths, don't we have a new... Uh, Got a new season of Westworld coming, don't we? With the of course we do. Earth. Yeah. Is he alive still? I don't remember his deal. Is that a spoiler to ask? I don't even know. Uh, I don't remember either. I mean, he rarely ventured out of that room with the. Uh, yeah, he did the map. Yeah, he wasn't into like. Oh yeah, right. The big three D uh, floor yeah. map thing. Yeah. All right, I'm looking here. Uh, that was his office. How tall are the Hemsworth brothers? I don't care about that. Okay, here we go. I found an article that says 24 facts you never knew about the Hemsworths. You ready for this? Oh, yes. All right. Uh, first of all, it says there's a third Hemsworth They're brother. filled with meat pies. <laughs> filled with hot fruit and noted. Stem to, to stern, filled with meat pies. Yeah, that's how they get so big and buff. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a third Hemsworth, it says. I thought we, th- I thought we found a fourth. Isn't there a fourth? <laughs> No, there was uh, Keenan Thompson pretending to be the fourth. Oh, that's that was what it all, was. Okay, that was all it was. It was a joke. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the picture of them standing together, by the way, Luke is by far the biggest of them, and that seems crazy because I thought uh, hmm. I thought Chris was the big dude. Yeah, okay. But, you mean tall or just taller or and what wi- taller and a little wider than his brother? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Luke Hemsworth is the one from the show we're talking about, age thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Well, this was as of the four, 2014, so he's actually, what is he now, 38? Whatever it is. Uh, 37. 37. He's the eldest of the brothers, followed by Chris at 30, or now would be 30, whatever. And Liam, who's the baby, but he's also the biggest, the biggest baby. And he's the one that came in like a wrecking ball, right? He was dating Miley Cyrus. <laughs> That's right, yes. Okay. Here's some more facts. Right. Uh, despite being the least recognizable Hemsworth brother, Luke was actually the first to get into acting. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Didn't know that. I'm, the photo I'm looking at shows him as shorter than Chris and Liam. Oh, he is. I was talking about Liam. Okay. Oh, just. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Luke. I'm no, sorry. no, no. Liam's the tall guy. He's the. Yes. Yeah, right. Luke. Luke's a little teen dude. Um, he said he soon became disillusioned with the industry and started a flooring business which his younger brothers worked for before their acting careers took off. So everybody in the Hemsworth family was doing floors. So that's pretty cool. That is funny. Uh, Chris moved to the USA to first to pursue his acting career, and Liam followed a few years later. Luke, meanwhile, never fully gave up on acting, and after a string of guest roles on TV, he starred in The Reckoning in 2014. Hmm. Uh, Let's see. The boys were all born in Melbourne, uh, Victoria, but the Hemsworth family also lived in the outback, in the Northern Territory for a while, setting up, or sorry, settling on Phillip Island, Victoria. That's why they're so rugged, you see. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Upbringing, the flooring first, and then the. <laughs> uh, here's a good one. I love this. When they were kids, Luke and Chris would lap or would wrap their little brother Liam in a protective layer of clothing, and then make him walk around the the backyard while they shot him with air rifles. Yeah, a protective layer of clothing. Aren't we all just wearing a protective layer of clothing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I freaking love it. Let's see. Uh, Liam got his own back at Chris. When he was eight, he threw a knife at Chris's head. Their fighting was so bad that Chris had to stay with separate relatives while Luke and Liam stayed at their grandparents' house when their parents went on holidays. They had to separate the two. Damn. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's one more of these fun little facts. 
No, that's stupid. That's mm. oh, his dad says, is a social services counselor too, and their mom oh. is a, an English teacher. Nice. I always like mm-hmm. that. Nice, humble, yeah. humble uh, Australian outback folk. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Here's here's one. It says there's a friendly competition between the brothers in most things they do, except when it comes to roles in acting. They try to support each other in their careers as much as possible. I'm gonna play Thor. No, I'm gonna play Thor. Ah, you guys can both play Thor. Oh, hey, you're not wrong. Liam and Chris Luke were both play. up for the role, but uh, Liam didn't get it. And Chris got ah, it. Luke, Luke did get to play Thor for a minute. Oh, one hot minute. Oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's not really one a... crazy ten seconds of uh, Luke playing Thor. <laughs> yeah, go see Ragnarok, you guys. You'll learn that on your own. It's good. How that worked out. Well, if you haven't seen it, come on, it's not a spoiler at this point. Uh, Let's see. Chris didn't originally get called back for his audition while Liam made it to the final four. In the end, though, Chris snagged the role. Wow. Um, All right, here's a fun one. Uh, When Chris's first baby, India Rose, was born. I didn't know Chris Hemsworth had a baby. Did you know that? I didn't know either. All right. Mm -mm. Uh, Luke, uh, who has four kids, made a video teaching him how to bundle the baby up properly. All right. <laughs> that video needs to surface. Yeah, that's freaking fantastic. And uh, you bundle a baby. <laughs> baby. Here's here's a final note that I enjoy the most probably. Yeah. Uh Liam and the oldest, Luke, uh both got naked for a raunchy uh show called Satisfaction. So they were nude. Hmm. They were Not the one with uh who was it? Wasn't it uh uh Justine Bateman? And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, right. Uh, what was that called? I thought that was Satisfaction. Was it? Yeah. I think you're right. That's the thing with movies with the same titles. It kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, oh, did you know that Chris uh, Hemsworth was uh, on Dancing with the Stars in 2006? <laughs> no, really? Yeah, no, I didn't know that either. That's I, funny. He didn't really need huh. to do that. He probably could have just on other things that seems bad all right anyway there's some fun hemsworth info for you as we uh as we now drift away from australia and back over to here in america with this email he was married to elsa pataki ah pataki from the fast and furious franchise she plays elena nevis nevis elisa elsa elsa pataki e-l-s-a-p-a-t-a-k-y oh she's lovely she is that's Chris Hemsworth's uh, lady? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I know her. She's in they something pretty else. Pretty much, it's like prom king and queen right there. I mean, yeah. they, you know. She's beautiful. If they don't put out, uh, just spit out a whole litter of model babies, then something's wrong with the universe. Yeah, what are they even doing? <laughs> something's wrong with genetics. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's really cute. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well done, 1976. You made a very lovely lady. All right. Here is uh, another email from Paul Talbot. Sure. This is about okay. spoilers. He says, "Hey guys." Oh, okay. Yeah. He says, "Hey guys, that's me and you." Uh, it says here, "I've been listening for years, but finally need to email me email you with your spoiler discussion on rec- recommendals." The way I see it, this always comes up, so why not talk about it again? Sure. He says, "There's two ways you can watch a movie: spoiled or unspoiled. The first time you see a movie normally is unspoiled. After, it's spoiled." The second viewing can be rewarding, uh, but you will never get the unspoiled experience again. Empire of the Sixth Sense. What? Oh, Empire or. I read that as of. Empire or the Sixth Sense is always a great movie, 
but you will never get the feeling of shock when you heard the twist for the first time. Empire. There's oh, a twist Empire's, in uh, Empire Strikes Empire Back. Strikes Back? Yeah. yeah, there's, you know, not that. There are that. two ways I watch a movie, by the way, uh, Paul Talbot. Uh, soiled and unsoiled. Yeah, soiled and unsoiled. Right now, mm -hmm. I'm soiled. You're, are you anti-soiling? You don't want to soil a movie? How do you feel about soil? Oh, no, no, no. Some movies I like to I'd much rather watch it soiled. Yeah. I think there's yeah. studies that say we're better. We enjoy movies more when we're soiled. I've heard that. I think so, yes. All yeah. right. Go ahead. Continue. He says, the way I see it. Oh, no. He says, the way uh, this is why uh, it's a problem to spoil movies. If you spoil something, you remove the option for the first experience from someone else. They will never be able to experience the surprise at what's been revealed. <laughs> um, I love you, Paul. Thank you for explaining how a spoiler uh, works. How a spoiler works. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel like it's going to be more rudimentary, but it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Um, he says they'll never be able to experience it again. It's fine if you want that, but if someone else spoils it for you, they've taken away a unique experience. I do you feel like I'm being I'm being kind of uh, what's the word scolded here a little bit? Agent Ford, let me explain a spoiler to you. <laughs> I kind of am going to be sad when if you're I done were, with that show because if I, I were to tell you. <laughs> Why I have a woman's head in this bag. In a duffel bag. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. That guy's the worst. <laughs> Paul is Paul is uh right now drafting a very angry email at me, which is fine. I deserve it, Paul. Well, you know, whatever. Whatever turns all of our collective cranks. Okay, it goes on to say, I mentioned this because with her, the movie Her, which came out a few years ago, surely the point of the recommendal sec section is to introduce people to films they haven't seen yet. Maybe films they haven't even heard of before. If you spoil straight after the introducing the movie, you automatically rob somebody of the experience before they get a chance to see it. The polite thing to do is to give another spoiler warning and blah, 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 blah. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to shock everybody, including Paul, with my following statement. I believe he is correct. And here's why. Because normally spoilers, especially minor ones, I think people overreact to stuff that's old. However, in the context of recommendals, uh, after giving it some thought, he's totally right. The whole yeah. point of yeah. recommendals is we found a thing you may or may not have seen. And here's mm -hmm. what I'm going to say about it and why I recommend it, and you should go check it out for yourself. And it shouldn't have spoilers in it because the point is to give, not to tell everything about it. You're supposed to say, hey, a thing you should go watch, go watch it for yourourself. So I think he's right in this particular yeah. case. Oh, yeah. No, he's totally right. Now, if it's you friends know. sitting around talking about uh, right, Breaking if Bad eight years well, later. Well, if we're bringing it up in context of like the opening of a show, like talking about The Sixth Sense or the or Empire Strikes Back, things like that. Right. You know, saying, oh yeah, you know, it was like when we found out Luke was uh, uh, you know Darth Vader's son. Oh, spoiler alert. No, it doesn't matter. We're just chit-chatting about that. But when we're saying, by the way, you know, there's a movie. If you haven't seen it, you really need to check out blah, blah, blah. Um, wait till you find out that uh, the killer is really the uh, the office manager. Right. <laughs> Right, so I 100% yes. agree with him in this case, and I and I take everything back I said the other day about her. Forget the ending that I spoiled, and honestly, I didn't really spoil it because it was so vague anyway. Like I'm not. Yeah, even I'll sure be honest. What I, I kind of forgot about the ending. I remember everything else <laughs> about the movie, but that ending didn't wasn't so crucial to me. So right, and now that mind you, I mean, and when I so. said it the other day, like you even remember the ending that well now, like right this second. Do you remember no. the ending of her? No, See? I, I remember. I remember two thirds of the movie her, and I, it's just basically the interaction between uh, Joaquin and the uh, the the AI, the phone AI. That's I, it. Uh, my the part I remember the most is uh, it's because I went with a couple of my kids, and 
uh, there's that scene where they're basically having cyber duty, you know, with each other. Uh, or mm-hmm. she's she's going, oh, freaking Joaquin, and he's going, oh, this isn't this doesn't look like a party. And then they just kind of <laughs> did their whole thing there. That that made me very uncomfortable because my kids were there, and so that's my whole mm-hmm. memory of that movie. Mm-hmm. Ah, the rest of it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Because right in the chat room asks a great question. Uh, What movie do you wish you could forget so you could enjoy watching it again? Oh, I don't know. Um... Two that came to mind immediately for me are Memento and Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, I I think those are good calls. I mean, Sixth Sense is actually a pretty good call. Um, Mm -hmm. Trying to think of another one where I feel that way. So many movies that I enjoy frequent viewings of. Um, I wouldn't want to like not have seen like how like start all the Star Wars stuff. I don't have a feeling that I, sh- I wish I could start over. Right. I enjoy it just on its own. Um, Mad Max Fury Road, same thing. I don't need to see that again. Mm-hmm. There's no big, there's no big. Uh, oh, yeah. If we're if we're just talking about stuff that had a giant twist in it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really it. I mean, right. Um, usual Suspects. Uh, um, that's another good one. Um, I can't think of it. Can't think of another one. Uh, no, from Dust Till Dawn, really? That's not a spoil. That's not a <laughs> twist. That's a freaking lane change, is what that is. That's different. Because yeah. there's no like, <gasps> we thought the whole time the thing was this, but it was really that. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we're this kind of movie, and suddenly we're not. It's not mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. I don't think that counts. Boondock Saints, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know what? Spider-Man Homecoming was... That, that would be a fun one because Michael Keaton had me convinced he was not who I thought he was for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they had it in the trailer. Yeah, I guess they did. And we knew he was cast as the Vulture. Yeah. I don't know, but I still think his performance transcended all of that. It was really good. I mean, we just... You know, the the, the shock was who he was outside of his Vulture life that we that gets the reveal. Yeah. But yeah. but they give that away and they give it away in the trailer. It was a real bummer. Yeah, it was. You're right. But he's so good in it. It didn't really hurt me. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Someone says Death Note. I've never seen Death Note, the anime or the movie version thing that me they either. made. So I don't know anything about Death Note. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, spoiler wise, yes, probably mm-hmm. a recommendal should not be a place for that. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna talk about another thing that's years old and we just want to have an open discussion on the show. We may say, all right, well, if you haven't seen, uh, the, you know, the third National Treasure movie, we're about to talk about it or whatever. Uh, Nicholas Cage gets the Constitution or whatever he does. Right, right. No, that's exactly. If we're recommending something that maybe is a little off the radar, we wouldn't, we probably are not going to recommend uh, um, Avengers Endgame. I mean, when it comes out on streaming, we're going to say, oh, yeah, make sure you watch that. But we're not going to, you know, Use it as a recommendal that we're assuming nobody's seen and say, now, if you haven't heard of this, mm-hmm. you may want to see Infinity War first, but then you want to watch Endgame and watch for the ending when... Right. The ending of Endgame where the brr happens. Hey, also, exactly. uh, somebody mentioned Serenity and a few other movies, and I just got, I just got to thinking, this would be cool. Uh, okay. Technology gets to a point where we can take a custom-designed pill... Mm-hmm. that is specifically designed to go in and remove all memories, let's say, for me, Mad Max Fury Road every time I, I want to watch it. So it comes into my head, it goes bleep, and just 
Deletes only that, only just the experience, that, just that, that yeah. memory, only that memory, so that I get to see it fresh every time I watch it. That I could probably do. I could probably be into that mm. tech. That'd be all right, I think. But then also, I get more out of it. Different viewings, and I have a different yeah. kind of take. Different times, like why? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would do. I mean, I think I'd probably do uh, do that for a very spoil. There's not a big twist ending at the end of. Mad Max Fury Road that'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, Mad Max is really a baby yeah. dressed in a Mad Max costume. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I like your idea, but no, it's not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that a good place to go with the the sequel? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I would do that. God, this seems like there would be so much that could go wrong with that. Well, that's the other. <laughs> right? That's the other the thing. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's a bad. It's a tech that I wouldn't trust to start with. But right, assuming we had it. There's probably a movie about this, for all I know. Like take probably, a, take yeah. a pill, make you forget a thing. It's not the same as a roofie though. A roofie makes it so you don't no. remember what you watched while you're watching it. I'm talking right. about one that you no, take this before. Be, this would be like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, just with a very targeted, right? Targeted little brain attack with Ruffalo uh, coming over with uh, Lucas, not Lucas Haas. Who was it? Was uh, uh, Frodo? It was uh, 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 I can't think of his name. Elijah Wood. Elijah It'd Wood. be like Mark Ruffalo coming over with Elijah Wood just to say, all right, well, let's sit here and eat his <laughs> chips and, and wipe his memory of watching Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, yeah, well, you pine over Kate Winslet and jump on the bed. <laughs> Somebody here said, uh, let's see, who was it? Essential Tremor says, is there, any, is there ever really a reason to not at least give a spoiler warning if you're specifically going to spoil the end of a movie? I don't know. Like... Like this, the the star, the the Vader one. Who bothers to giving a warning for that? Like, who's ever going to say, "Oh, now spoiler warning," uh, just in case you haven't seen Empire Strikes Back, uh, Luke's or Vader's Luke's dad? No one gives a spoiler warning for that, right? Yeah. So I think it depends that's on the movie. A, that's an example of like if you if you're if you you know you you probably do not care about Star Wars if you're worried that 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 we're going to spoil Star Wars. Uh, from 1980, Empire Strikes Back. Right. So that one, I feel like we're okay. But yeah, I mean, if I were to say, you know, something from a from a movie five years ago, I probably would say, you know, spoiler. And I know you've probably seen it, but just in case, spoiler alert. There's there's probably like the two weeks thing, right? The the uh, Vince Gilligan two weeks thing is for brand new stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You've got something new comes out, boom, the two week timer goes, and then you can't even can't even talk about it. not even if you say spoiler alert first you just can't talk about it yeah once you've passed that time frame there's right. probably like another one that as long as you say spoiler alert beforehand you're okay but that's right. probably like two years two yeah. years is enough time for somebody to say oh i really wanted to get around to watching that thing when it was in uh as soon as it came out on streaming i didn't see it in theaters but i want to see it as soon as it's on streaming yeah yeah, exactly. two years is enough time for anything to come out on streaming right and then you go ah spoiler alert by the way you know yeah i feel like i feel like that's a that'd be a good a good barometer we generally two, two weeks and then two years yeah two weeks two years two decades two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> and by the way there's really nothing to spoil about his latest thing it's just kind of good and you should watch it there's no spoilers really oh el camino yeah not really yeah. i mean it's just sort of I guess the only spoiler is maybe you could say it's a spoiler about 
how it goes for everybody at the very end, I guess. But that's not really mm -hmm. a... I well, mean, I, and I wouldn't give that away anyway. I think people should just go watch it. Um, but I wonder what Vince would say. Because his his episodes were all spoilery, all every week, man. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my gosh, did you see what Walter White did this time? Right. I mean, it might be more of a spoiler to say who's in it. Like, what characters we see in it. Yeah. Because that is that was the greatest joy of that thing. Is like, oh my god, so and so, mm -hmm. look at that, or this guy, or that guy. Is it a former? Yeah. Is it a form of spoiler that what you just did or not? When like if you just no, saying no, because I wasn't specific. Okay. And um and even in the trailer you see you see one of those characters that I think people if they knew nothing then they'd be surprised. All right. Well, we've 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 walked away from this with more more than we came to it with. We've mm -hmm. learned something. Paul Talbot, thank you for the email. You sponsored. Yeah, you. You've sponsored. You spawned a lot of conversa a conversation. I don't have my real boy words today. They're not coming out right. Anyways, is hey Brian, <laughs> let's do the news. Sound to let's me, do it. Reading, whoops. Sound to me, you've been reading a lot of newspapers printed in Washington D.C. Uh, news today is brought to you by. Brought to you by Kern Geek. Kern Geek. It's out on the feed today. <laughs> it's all about Dark Knight. Get it at currentgeek.com. Yeah, speaking of movies, watched that last night uh, while my back was convalescing on the couch. Yeah. And um, let me just say this sure about Dark Knight. Out, right? Dark Knight is amazing. Yeah. It's a great movie. Uh, it's on the 200 greatest movies of all time, according to this list Tom and I are going off of. And uh, it continues to be great. It's now 11 years old uh, and I think holds up pretty well. There are a couple of problems with it. My main one is the whole Nolan trilogy. It was a bad idea to have uh, Christian Bale do that voice when he had the Batman cowl on. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it is a little distracting. I'm the Batman. It's terrible. It's his way of doing it. Because he sounds kind of like, listen, I don't know about you guys, but I think there's a problem with my, you know, like it just, it's bad. <laughs> right. And, and oh, good for you. Good the, for you. The only good thing they did with the Affleck thing was give him that modulator thing. They should have done that. Mm -hmm. they, yes, it was a good way to explain how how that whole thing works. Yeah, that would have worked, and it also sounded cool. They should have done that instead. It was stupid. And also, let me just say this. For some reason, Christopher Nolan thought that was a smart idea when Batman was around people who know he's Bruce Wayne and Batman at the same time. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. when when he's around people like that who know who he is he still does the voice yeah he doesn't right. need to do it then no it's almost like the um no one like else is the, there it's just the two of them in the room so why it's almost like the costume uh makes him do that regardless of if if the people around him know who he is yeah it's super obnoxious that, does, he ever, does he ever talk normal when he's got the costume on? No. Does he ever speak like? Okay. No. Well, maybe, maybe there is the thing that you know it's like gripping his throat <laughs> in such a way that forces him to talk like this. Maybe that seems in a, in a, uh, that seems bad. That seems like it, it would does, be a, yes. a, a bad reason for that. But I don't like it, and it annoys me. But that movie's great and holds up, and that Joker performance is everything. It's very, very good. Very good. All right. Uh, we shall now uh, recede into the darkness. No, we're going to do our emails. Or our, 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 our news, <laughs> uh, news, rather. News. How about the news? Yeah. I have, my, again, my words are coming out wrong. They're falling out everywhere. Here's the spoiler, first story. Scott's words are coming out wrong. Yeah, spoiler, everybody. It's going to get worse. 
Here's this one. <laughs> There's a robot that wants to wear your face. And if you give him, if you do this, if you let him wear your face, you'll get $130,000 for wear, for sharing your face. Seems like an oddly unusual number. I agree. Oh, it's because it's, you know why? Because it's, uh, it's pounds. It's 100,000 pounds, but then they oh. translate it to... Uh, right. U.S. dollars, it's about about $130,000. That makes sense. Australian. I thought it was like, we've decided your face, anybody's face, is worth $130,000. You're right. It was very specific. The Australian yeah. amount is $188,000. Uh, uh, Australian dollars, $852,000. So. so, yeah. Uh, it says here, got a kind and friendly face. Don't mind the idea of your mechanized doppelganger stiffly trotting the planet. S- stiffly? That's weird. Anyway, oh, uh, robot that's going to do everything stiffly. You could be somewhere in the range of 130 grand richer. A British engineer and manufacturing firm called Geomic. Geomic? Geomic. 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 All right. Uh, Robert Geomic. He was great on Benson. <laughs> uh, had. Uh, wait, what was his real name? Was Robert Geomic. Robert Geomic, right? Okay. Benson. Checking my memory on that. Anyway, they put out a call for people interested in being the face of a new state-of-the-art humanoid being developed by an unnamed company. Well, that's always good. The company is searching for a kind and friendly face to be the literal face of a robot uh, when it goes into production. Uh, This will entail a selected person's face being reproduced on potentially thousands of versions of the robots worldwide. What is this even about with all these robots? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> uh, they say the line's been in the works for five years and was re- uh, sorry will result in a companion for seniors. This is how it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Sure. They, they said the company behind the bot might look like uh, might look to you like it is privately funded and has gotten all the uh, what might look like you is privately funded. That's a terrible sentence. Jamie says the company behind the bot that might look like you. Although my look like you is privately funded and has gotten investments from independent VCs and top fund uh, companies based in Shanghai. Beyond that, the whole shebang's rather mysterious. The blog post doesn't share age or gender parameters, only ask people who want to license their face by submitting a photo for a chance to win that money. I assume they want somebody young and attractive, right? I assume so. Somebody's got a pleasant face, but... I don't think you'd want anything super threatening, too. Like, if you did a Hemsworth, it would just be like, oh, man, even robots are better looking than me. Yeah. And don't do Luke. <laughs> don't do it's Luke. It's got to be like a, I don't know, like uh, Paul Giamatti. Would that make you feel better about yourself if uh, your robot looked like Paul Giamatti? Sure. I mean, I actually wonder what the seniors... What Steve Buscemi? If, you were really, <laughs> if you're really old, let's say you're 89 and just kind of barely getting around, and this is your helper robot... What would you, yeah. and at that age, what would you want it to look like? You don't want some right. young hottie, right, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. You want a kindly, you know, friendly face that looks like it wants to help you, not not one right. that wants to sex you. Oh, Rainbow Bright, that's very nice. I worry that this is like the face, what was that um, uh, age app, right, where people would put their face in and oh yeah, and it would age it and then we all found out that they were, <laughs> it was going up to a Russian server or something. Yeah, Chinese. I, think. I worry that this is like, alright, no, they're just being blatant. Send us your face and your name and your email address. We're totally only going to use it for this robot thing. Yeah, who's making it? Oh, a mystery company in China. We can't tell you, though. Yeah. Yeah, something uh, about this Tobarish Industries uh, in Ukraine. <laughs> I hated that app because, A, it made me look horrible. 
uh, and B, if you used it on old people, it made them look like space rocks. <laughs> That's right. And C, it just was fishy, man. Just too good. Well, yeah, that. that was the thing. Finding out that it was, uh, you know, that it was. It wasn't Russian, Russian though, right? Wasn't it Chinese? I think it was Chinese. Was it Chinese server? Okay. Yeah, but it's the same. They're they're kind of the big yeah. bad right now. Uh, Tupac Shakur back in the news. Why what? don't we just use uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's face like um, like uh, Skynet used? Oh, yeah. Just dupe that around. Yeah, exactly. Have, <laughs> you want me to change your adult diaper? <laughs> you made the poopy. I'm going to submit my face. <laughs> to this company, they're going to give me $100,000. <laughs> He's a little short on cash, Arnold is. He needs submit to. Submit your face if you want to live. Yeah. He's always out of money, that guy. <laughs> uh, I actually really like how he looks in that new Terminator. I hope. Yeah, he does look pretty badass. I hope it's decent. I keep hearing it's like the third best Reviews? Terminator movie. That's what they're saying, that this is the sequel that Terminator and Terminator 2 deserve. So let's see. Kind of looking forward to it. Currently performing Kinda. at a level of what? Terminator Dark Fate, 67%. That sounds all right. That's not too bad. No. Yeah, no. I can deal with that. That Maleficent not doing great. Forty percent. No. No. The number one in the box office, but not a not a good score. Joker high sixties. Zombieland mid sixties. Well, the the highest rated film in theaters right now in the top ten is Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There you go. Rush out for that one. I missed the last three seasons, but I did enjoy that show. Oh, and the lighthouse I hear is super cool. I want to see the lighthouse. That black and white thing with uh, oh yeah, my face looks like a foot plus uh, the other guy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What's his name? I can't think of his name. Uh, Well, Pattinson is the one guy, and uh, and then the other one is Alexander Skarsgård. No, I don't know. No, Um, we know he's the he's the Green Goblin. I can't think of his name. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Jeez. Or as Nicole would say, William Defoe. <laughs> Defoe. Dafoe. Yeah, Will, William, William Dafoe. William Dafoe <laughs> in his hot new role as a lighthouse. Okay, uh, Tupac Shakur in the news. Remember him? He was a rapper man. Yes. Yeah, famously did a really cool Mad Max riff with uh, that California song. I love that. It's one of my favorite <laughs> videos ever. It is a really cool video, yes. Thunderdome California. in the background there. California. By the way, there's a great mashup that uh, Pomplamoose does of that song. And what's the other song they mix it with? Oh, and Lord's... Uh, 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 what's that Lord song everyone... Royals? Royals, yeah, Royals uh, yes, Royals. So it's Royals really? and California kind of mashed, yeah. and, but it's all Pomplamoose doing it. It's fan-freaking-tastic. They're the, they rock, man. They really figured out that formula of how you do how you do covers and how you take two songs, mash them up and make something new out of them. You're hearing yourself echo a little. It's, it's my fault. I little apologize. A little bit. Did your, did your uh, earphone get a little too close to the, uh, no, it's a memory thing and it's fiddling with my audio codec. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to find this song real quick. I have to play a little bit. Okay. Pop center clan. Just put it in uh, chat. Oh, well there that it helps. is. Yeah. I'll just do that. So YouTube. Yeah. I'm not going to play a ton of it cause I'll get in trouble here. Sure. But we'll do a little bit here. Here we go. Okay, they're just hanging out in the trailer at the minute moment. No, wait, go back. Okay, here we go. This is great. Hey, 
that part's me making that sound. This is the part. Oh, it's so good, dude. That's really good. <laughs> it's my favorite track on that album. I love it. Love it. It's good stuff. All right. Moving on. Anyway, go check out Pomplamus, everybody. Well, we barely talked about Tupac. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. Uh, he was arrested for meth possession in Tennessee. Now, but how, how is that possible? Well, you know the you know the real the truth is he's not supposed to be alive anymore. So yeah. when I saw this, I went, "What the frick?" Well, it turns out it's kind of a white dude whose name is Tupac Ashakur. <laughs> uh, is that the name he was born with, or was that uh, did he pay fifty bucks in the courthouse and change his name? To it Tupac doesn't Shakur? say, but I'm going to assume. This 40-year-old white man may have been named this by his parents, but I'm trying to think if he's 40. <laughs> Damn it, I keep getting <laughs> Tupac's mail. <laughs> I'm a totally different Tupac Shakur. Uh, it says, probably goes without saying, but this is not the famous gangster rapper who was gunned down in Las Vegas in 1996, although conspiracy theories question whether or not the Death Row record star really ever died started spreading almost as soon as he took his final breath. Even so, this case involves a 40-year-old white man who happens to be uh, happens to share that dude's name. Uh, even their middle initials are identical, according to a news release from the Johnson City Police Department. Uh, while responding to the report of a person with warrants from another county on Saturday, officers said they spotted Tupac's car. The car was pulled over <laughs> as they spotted it. The investigators found uh, it a second or sorry, found it a second time. Shakur was sitting in the passenger seat. They tried to arrest him, but he snatched away and put his hand in his waistband. He pulled out a knife. Police said Shakur tried to turn toward the officers with his weapon, uh, but they almost immediately tackled him. So everybody's okay. Nobody got hurt, but it turns out dude had a bunch of meth baggies on him and syringes in his pants where he keeps his weed. All right, moving on. Did I lose you, Brian? Are you there? I don't think I lost Brian. Brian is frozen. You guys see that? Look at his face. Look at his face. <laughs> did any of it I stick? Don't we're, know. Oh, we're back, everyone at home. Did it? Did the snow stick that you had last night, or it all? It's all gone now. Going away? Oh no! It's we have we have still have a couple inches on the ground. Jeez. Yeah. That thing going west or east? Do you know? Don't know. I didn't ask. Don't didn't ask it. it. Do not Where are you walk. going? Are you on your way somewhere? Where are you going? I had this lovely chat with the chat room while you were fixing your router and stuff. <laughs> sure. Uh, you didn't, we haven't been able to talk about that awesome. I hear you're getting a wall on the Colorado border. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Our, our great Colorado wall. I can't wait to see. Uh, you know, we got to keep those new Mexicans out as we're keeping all the old Mexicans out, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess know. so. I don't know what it is, but man, congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Well, didn't he just, didn't he do a tweet this morning saying, kiddingly, I said that, uh, Colorado he wasn't kidding. Was I wrong. heard the audio. He wasn't kidding. Oh, I know. He exactly. said it wrong. He said it wrong. Now, he probably just meant a different state. I understand that. Right. You know, like, or, there's no way he really thought they were building one there. No. But getting, this, Colorado, this, getting Colorado wrong makes you look like an idiot. Just say I spoke. Uh, I saying, misspoke. Saying that, it was, saying that you're kidding about it makes us, makes us think that you think we're all idiots. Yeah. <laughs> just say I misspoke. I meant Arizona. Because that's what you yeah. did. Exactly. Uh, that's annoying, dude. Colorado is getting a beautiful wall. <laughs> then people, you know what makes New me more Mexico. bugged? What bugged me less was him making a mistake. And more that there are people who got up and gave him a standing yes. O for that. 
for talking yeah, about Colorado's wall. We're building a beautiful wall in Colorado, and all these people right. go. Right, exactly. We don't listen to what you say. We just clap when we make, hear you make noise out of your mouth hole. That's basically it. Grosses me out. All right. Uh, hey, we're going to take a break because uh, now that's all that we have for. Sure. Uh, but uh, don't. Now I've got to figure out. Uh, okay, here we go. Yes, I had to find the music too. <laughs> oh, good. Well, uh, Brian has found his music. He's going to tell us what it is, and we'll be right back with Wendy after this. Brian, what do you have? Well, I'm still going to stall for a second because uh, normally during the last article before the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> music, I'm able to pull up my notes about the musician of who I'm going to be speaking. Uh-huh. But in this case, uh, it's coming up, and it's coming up in about uh, 10 seconds, and I'll be able to talk about this band called Planet of Rhythm from Pacific Palisades, California, and their brand new album, week, their brand new album, Damaged Goods. Uh, these guys, yeah, they're really good. And and they've got kind of a good bluesy rock feel to them. Um, foot stomping music for general rocking out. Nice. Uh, again, from Pacific Palisades, California, here are Planet of Rhythm and, <laughs> and the song Your Possession. <laughs> Too. 
guys let's talk about pitney bows shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than it is right now with send pro online from pitney bows with send pro online from pitney bows it's just a click send and save for as low as four dollars 99 cents a month that's 4.99 a month it's crazy send envelopes flats and packages right from your desk and you are back to business in no time and for being a listener of tms that's the morning stream you'll receive a free 30-day trial you can get started with right away and to help you get started even further, a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SimPro Online. Again, starting at just $4.99 a month. Qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping. Calculate exact postage online and print from your PC or Mac. Go to pb.com TMS to access the special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com TMS. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes. I've never seen that before. Whoops, wrong one. All right, we'll be back in just a second. Stay tuned. That slinger can't help me now. I'll take you to Atlanta and you'll give me the cure. And if you don't, I'll give you the horror show. I've never seen that before. This is the morning stream. Bonsai! All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Back to the program. Yavon! Let's see if this doesn't screw up with Wendy getting added. I think it'll be okay. okay. All right. As far as I know, we're all right. Because I'm, I'm all, I'm all discombobulated. Well, that's what tech things do, you know. Yes, they, they mess us up. And we are forced to reconsider our position on various issues. 
Okay. Oh, hi. Is this Wendy? <laughs> hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. Okay. Here's your intro. Something wrong, Batman? Has anybody seen Wendy? Barnacles in a wad. Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, I got a question for you. <laughs> Yeah. Are you getting the brunt of the winter weather yet? Or are you guys still fine? Everything's fine? No no big deal? Uh, I mean, it's colder than it's fun, but it's yeah. like, you know, what is it today? 50 something? You're just like here then. It's just like home. It's like Utah. Yeah, honestly, we have such similar weather. It freaks me out. Like, yeah. I'll see it. I'll be working with a client in Utah and it's snowing. It's snowing here. That weird little quick early storm, you know, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it's four feet. You got in. Colorado, sorry about that. But yeah. anyway, so very similar. It's it's a little bit weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I I think it's gonna break ranks when I get to the negative forties, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'll probably that's what I'm saying, is there's a certain point where you guys go full cryogenic deep freeze and yeah, uh, and, and we don't. don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh I look forward to it. Just to hear how how it is. Uh, anyway, hey, check it out, everybody. It's my sister, Wendy. She is a therapist, helps people with real problems all the time, comes on this show and helps us with those that we sometimes give her, sometimes in the form of emails or calls or whatever. But today, we are going full topic, full-blown topic. And it couldn't be, I think, uh, better timing because we are in the thick of the uh, ultimate time of outrage culture yeah. and uh, why we seem to be sort of addicted to it or why... We can't just let certain things go. Uh, certainly, we live in a much more connected time, and social media and other stuff make it so you just can't avoid this stuff. Everybody's mad at something. It doesn't matter what you say. Someone's going to be pissed. And uh, they like to share their their outrage with everybody else. And we call that outrage culture, probably appropriately so. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's as good a term as any. Usually don't like terms like, what's with the cancel culture? Or I don't understand the prayer prepared. Like I usually don't like the way people throw words around as if they, you know, they own them. But we'll call this one. We'll call this one outrage culture for the uh, for the purposes we have today. Uh, yeah. So Wendy, what? Why do we do it? Why and and should we be doing it? Is it a normal thing for people to do? Or if not, how do we stop being so outraged about every little thing? Okay. Well, let's start with this. This is from Slate in 2014. They had written this, and I think it's a nice little uh, way to sort of, and it's it's very dated with the news that it's that contains makes me laugh because 2014 seems like 200 years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a great definition or kind of setting the stage for this. So okay, it says when something outrage when something outrageous happens, when a posh London block installs anti homeless spikes, or when Khloe Kardashian wears a Native American headdress. Or for that matter, when we read the horrifying details in the Senate's torture report. Do you guys remember the torture report? Yeah, and those are things, sure. Senate's torture report. It's easy to anticipate the cycle that follows. Anger, sarcasm, recrimination, piling on, defenses and counterattacks, anger at the anger, disdain for the outrage, sometimes an apology, and on to the next. Twitter and Facebook make it easier than ever to participate from home. And the same cycle occurs regardless of the gravity of the offense, which can make each outrage feel forgettable, replaceable, the bottomlessness of our rage has a numbing effect. Yeah. And that was 2014. Yeah. Like, you know, the world's never been free of things to be mad about, but I feel like we got a bit of a crescendo going on at the moment and probably hasn't. We're probably not at the ceiling yet or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, I, you know. Is, right. Is, well, so so one way to think about it, and this is I just, I've been thinking about why in the world has this been created? So there's always been stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, maybe like the town crier came in and said a thing and everyone's like, ah! but it would be their yeah. outrage. Yeah. And I mean, think of pitch and pitch and forking. That's not right. Fork, uh, pitch forking. Is that where Dolly Parton grew up? <laughs> <laughs> pitch and forking. Pitch forking. Whatever. You know, like the mob gathers and they got their yes. stuff and they're going to go. Right. I mean, this is this is old now. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a human response to information. Right. So I hear something. Uh, it doesn't sit right with me. My anger, anger is sort of the energy that makes me want to do something about it. It's actually like a, it's a really crucial part of human survival. It's one of the reasons we're, we're winning <laughs> as far as it goes, right? Because we can, we have this biological response to something that's not okay and not right. And anger is a form of energy. So we then rally, you know, all of our synapses and cells and we go and we do something about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But we have something that's happened recently. That's really different from all the other times historically. And let's be clear, not that people handled their outrage in a good way historically. Um, but what happens now is it's fundamentally, um, different in the sense of quantity and timing. So let me, let me give you an example. So when we just had the written word to read about someone's opinion, um, you think about how a paper is written. When was the last time you held a piece of paper Mm. that had a cogent, logical, reasoned out argument for anything, right? Mm. So Mm. you used to, if you wanted to read an opinion, and even, you know, the news, even though it's, you know, it's form by nature is short. And sometimes, you know, what bleeds, leads kind of garbage. But that's, you know, there's always been some long form of journalism or there's, you know, more in-depth looks at things. And what happens when we are physically reading something, we're getting, um, you know, like the reason parts of our brain are getting, you know, juiced up. So we, by very nature of reading it, we can still become upset, right? We can still not agree or not like it, but we've engaged our brain on a rational level because that's the nature of writing and that's the nature of reading a paragraph that's written well, right? right? So we're just in a different, think of it as like, you're just in a different state of mind a little bit when you are reading the written word. So we've had that for a long, long, long time. And the thing that we have now is we have a screen-based information dissemination system. And take a lecture, I don't know when the last time you guys watched a lecture of a teacher doing nothing but standing there and lecturing. Does a TikTok There's- count? Yeah. Nope. nope. They're too bite sized, right? It doesn't. They're too small. There's a reason because it's okay. 20 minutes. There's stuff to look at behind them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There's a whole crowd to think about. I'm talking like no entertainment value at all. <laughs> okay. So our brains are like trying, it's, we're, we're, maybe we're still doing the visual cue, but we're engaging our thinking and our reasoning. And we can find that quite boring. And so you take anything now, even if it's educational. They have to have jump cuts, right? You got to change positions. You got to be funny. You got to make a funny sound. You got to have music. Everything is um, just this or that. There's a reason because that format, the the form of a screen is emotion, not rational. So you can create any emotion you want. You can take all of my pictures and my friend's pictures from junior high and you put them in the right music and you do some you know, zooming in and zooming out, it's going to seem like the best time of everyone's life. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because it's emotion based. And so screens primarily that's their function is to, to do an emotion based situation. So right off the bat, 
first of all, our mass sort of number wise, how much exposure are we getting that's not screen form to rational thought? Mm. It's very little anymore, right? Yeah, I'm guessing um, it's like a 90 percentile to not to 10 somewhere. Yeah, like for, it's for like a lot of gone people. significantly down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and there's still pe- many self-righteous folks who are like, well, I read the long form, blah, blah. Right. Great. They're less outraged, maybe. I don't know. But so if you think about what what's happening, it's it's a constant priming for emotion, mm. right? It's hitting the emotion, not reason. So when you say, why can't we have a reasonable discussion about this? Automatically, you're already using a medium that is excluding rationality a little bit and hyper focused on emotion. And we don't know it. We're not thinking like that. We're in fact, we're thinking very little mm. actually. Mm. So the, and so when you feel like someone's insane and they're not thinking, they got to think this through, there's part of there, there is a, a, a situation that is a little bit out of everyone's hands when screens are so dominant as the medium, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take all of that and you go, well, crap, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? with this um part of the problem isn't part of the problem is that everybody it it, yeah the screens are there and it's short headlines and it's easy to just get tipped off by a headline that just sets you you off because it was designed to do that and it's you know you don't have to really think about it that's all part of it but is part of it that we also all have immediate ways for every single person to have an immediate voice publicly and that Mm -hmm. didn't used to be true at all like you could yeah. be outraged by a story in the New York Times and it would just be this slow boil of maybe it came up in a later follow-up article that people were angry about it or we regret the air or whatever. Like you would have this sure. slow, very, very small sort of thing happen. But now, you even right now, you could say something on this show that's like super outrageous just to test it and then immediately we would have public posts in the chat room. We would then have people on Twitter. We would then have people on Facebook. We've had people in the Discord. We have people everywhere who would all suddenly have a voice about the thing they're mad at. Is right. that part of it? Yes. So, the, and that leads to it's the same basic concept, right? Which is immediate ability to respond is an emotional response, not a rational response. Now, they the person will say all day they're being rational all day long. They'll say, "Well, I've already thought this through," and I, you know, blah blah blah. But that interchange between multiple screens they're not actually talking to me so scott if you did that yeah. if you in the process of talking to me were like that is outrageous da, 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 you you now require certain human interaction abilities to navigate that but if you, we're talking and you say nothing and then you're just tweeting right then like she's an idiot listen to what you say you know <laughs> like that's at least one only one step removed but it's overhearing now here's a perfect example when you are like, I don't know, maybe like hate cats. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm already ruining people's lives. Okay. Right. So say you hate cats yeah. and you are in your car listening to a news program about something to do with cats. And it drives you nuts that all this money is being wasted on saving cats or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's triggering you specifically. Remember that time that cat scratched you in the face? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a reason you hate cats. It's probably deeply rooted in your life. Maybe you're not even aware of it, but it triggers you particularly because cats is the topic. You take nine other people in the room, they'd be like, cats, okay, whatever. So we all have our own reason, our own bias, our own baggage. But then we immediately have the ability to then voice that. 
And here's where we get into sort of the individual psychology of this. It feels amazing to have an immediate voice. It's one of the most powerful things about someone healing from anything is having a voice. Because usually when we're victimized by something, we've lost our voice or our power. So this represents giving everybody a big shot of power, even though it may not fully help them heal, but it's a very quick form of it, right? Like I can say this on Twitter and a hundred people are going to like it. And then, you know, and, and you can see where this sort of, it's kind of an addictive quality comes in is that I get, first of all, I get a bunch of chemicals because of the outrage, the anger itself. It's like having an adrenaline boost, right? Mm -hmm. And then I get my voice and I can say these things and then I can get my social interaction met because we're all engaging and it's, it's taking up, it's distracting me from anything else in my life. And it feels good, almost like it's a positive versus the, the negative part of feeling angry, right? And so why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you engage in this? Mm -hmm. But that last line of that quote, I think is really true. Eventually we are numb. It's kind of like the crying wolf situation, right? Like if you're outraged about everything, mm -hmm. then no you're one's going to- You're outraged about nothing. Yeah. And you're outraged about nothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where you're, you get to this, like a bunch of human needs are met in strange ways and in quick ways and ways that have never existed before. And the resulting stuff looks like just a bunch of really mad people. And I feel like sometimes I see this on the road um, or in, you know, out in public, there's just like, and not to say it's all just because of outrage culture, but there's a bit of just like, it carries over into your life. Um, and not that everyone has to walk around cheering happy, but you know, if I ask someone like, tell me about your news habit. And they're like, Oh, I don't listen or watch to any. I'm like, that's why you seem okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like it messes with you a little bit in all of your life because it is so consuming. Anger is the most consuming sort of uh, emotion we can have a lot of times. Right. I assume there's like studies about road rage and things. Cause that, that seems like an example of this where, you know, everyone thinks the internet is exclusive to this whole anonymity problem or keyboard warrior when you're not, you don't have to show your face sort of thing. Uh, but I feel like people do this in cars. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. like they feel I mean, like... The, but there's also a little anonymity in cars too. Yes, like driving up on somebody's bumper, they're seeing a Ford Explorer on their back bumper. They're not seeing... Yeah, um, that's like exactly Jones what I'm saying. They know there's a dude right. there. 23 Main Street. Yeah, there's a right. dude there. They don't. They may even know them. They just don't know they know them because they can't quite right. see them. And so that anonymity is there as well. And it's, it's, it's funny because every time I have like a, a harsh online experience, it feels like road rage. Yeah. Like that same exact sort of thing of like, who are you to cut me off? Or who are you to say that thing? Or who are you mm -hmm. to whatever? And I have every right to be angry. And this isn't my fault. It can't possibly be my fault. You right. know, right. all those emotions are the same. So I assume we're tapping into the same. I don't know. We are. I mean, I mean, if the takeaway is we're all animals and uh, we get along with the animals that we need for survival. And when we don't need uh, a fellow animal for survival, it's okay for us to make them the enemy. And sometimes that survival requires someone to be our enemy. And so we tend to, you know, in the modern era, we find an enemy. And, and I think that's, it's kind of really old and built in us. And so we'll get to solutions and ideas about this, but there's, Another point I want to make right. um, that is amazing. Okay, so in 1975, um, these two um, researchers did this amazing thing, political science professors. Um, so this is 
four decades ago, they went around and interviewed people and asked them what their opinion was on the Public Affairs Act of 1975. Should it be repealed? What is their opinion? And everyone had an opinion. So about a third of the respondents said they knew one way or the other it was good or bad, Um, you know, just really lit into it and what they thought. And then a third um, said they knew enough about it to have an opinion, but like there was some, they weren't totally familiar. So you're talking about almost 100% of these people had an opinion about this thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the crazy thing. There's no such thing as the Public Affairs Act of 1975. <laughs> I, okay. w- I wondered I if that's it. where this was going. Okay. Yeah. So they awesome. called it, they termed it pseudo-opinion, right? So the idea is that you think you know something about something. And this is a made-up thing. This is didn't even exist. But the pressure to to you're interviewed, you're you're, you're supposed to know, right? I think that's why people always say, "Oh, I got to watch the news because I don't want to be un, uh, uninformed." Well, we're mm-hmm. all uninformed, and we're all biased, and we're all you know. But w- there's a very strong pull to say you know something when you actually do not, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an example of obviously it was completely made up. Um, and so I think that has a there's a factor there. With, with knowing, um, so I had this experience very recently. I talked to an older woman. She lives in my neighborhood. She's walking her dogs. And we get chatting, and I can't figure her out. She's older, retired. She's just kind of nice. But, like, she starts saying some strange things. So, you know, you're trying to figure somebody out. That's what we do as humans. We, we need to know how to put you in a box or help me understand who I'm interacting with. Anyway, so as we get chatting, she starts to tell me about her neighbors, and she's saying, she has these two neighbors that are amazing. She loves them. They, what'd she say? They're really smart. They know lots of things. And then I have these other three neighbors that are just really, really nice to me and they help me and they're nice, but they are so uneducated. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, back it up. No one in the, my neighborhood is uneducated. That's not a thing. Right. Um, or I feel like all of Minnesota, to be honest. Anyway, hmm. I, I, so I was just, I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it's unbelievable. They don't, they, they think they know things. They don't. They don't know anything about. I can't even pronounce it. Antifa. Antifa. Oh, Antifa. Yeah. Antifa. Gosh, I would say it wrong. You're kidding. Politically yeah. opposed minds all think each other doesn't know what they're talking about. Weird. Yes. So anyway, so so she starts say. going. She starts saying this, and she's like, "They. I mean, of course, because they don't watch Fox News, they wouldn't know about it." And I said, "Oh, what news do they watch?" She's like, "I don't know. It must be MSNBC." And I said. <laughs> I said, oh, really? Do, do you know that? And I'm trying to be super chill at this point. Yeah, like, just yeah. like, I'm going to figure out. Okay. Anyway, so I, she says this. She goes, they know nothing. They don't know what's really going on. And I said, so I just said, oh, do you think maybe they think that about you too? And Ooh. she had this look like, <laughs> oh, that's possible. I mean, it was. Oh, it really? Was her a realization. She they wasn't had, uh, yeah. defensive about it. Okay. No. Had wow. no idea that that's possibly what they were thinking. She just was feeling bad that they were so dumb because wow. they don't know what Hannity has to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she's going on and on about how she knows everything and no one else knows anything. And then I just, I turned it to like, well, tell me about the kind of stuff they do for you. Are they like, are they awful people? And she's like, no, actually, when I hurt my leg, they help me do this and they take my garbage in. And she went on and on about how what amazing neighbors mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. but how sad for them. That they are not afraid of that or whatever. Yeah. Uninformed. So, okay. So my point in telling that story is I I did nothing. I just 
I just pointed out this tiny little thing. And to her credit, she went, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Most of the time, what we do do, though, this is very rare uh, for someone to go, oh, that's a thought, is mm -hmm. to make, to clamp it down. So Double down, have, exactly. Double down. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we have a lots of interesting research on sort of narrow-mindedness, and we think it's a particular thing. But what happens with this sort of thing is our minds are actually the most narrow when we're outraged, right? So if we're in a perpetual state of outrage, we're not going to learn anything new. It's not a, a brain state for learning or, or accumulating insight. Mm -hmm. It's that. So we say double down. People aren't consciously going, I'm going to double down now. They are. It is so intuitive and inherent in this self-protective mode. It's the opposite of curious. It's the opposite of open. It's the opposite of all the things they might claim there. So she's claiming she's so smart and so open. But she, as soon as I pointed out, it's like, well, I mean, she she did okay, but you could tell still. I mean, I, I could have knocked her over. It was like, whoa. Well, part of it was you're having a human interaction too, like you were talking yes. about earlier. Uh, I think if this was you talking to her via uh, text Anything or on else. Twitter or something, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone that way. There's no way. Right. Yeah. And that's, right. that's well, and, yeah. And we bonded over the dogs, right? Like there's this, hey, we already have a commonality. We love this dog. It's so cute. And let's talk about how great your dog is. And then we bonded over the goodness of our neighbors and because we're in the same neighborhood. And so, you know, we had all sorts of connections. So then maybe she was willing to hear a little more. And I think that's true. But my point in bringing her up anyway is also this idea that we all have our blind spots. So we can, and here's what's tricky, is we have more information now than we've ever had or, or at least access to it, right? So we can look at what happened in our own history as a country or as a people or the world and go, what? in the world were we doing? There were such horrible things that happened and just mm -hmm. get outraged about things in the past. And, and a lot of it is outrage worthy, right? Um, yeah, slavery, there will whatever, come a day, sure. yeah. there will become a day where our great, great grandchildren will absolutely be horrified that we did this or that, right? I mean, I think one is healthcare. I think they're gonna be like, how, what monsters those people were. Yeah. Anyway. So you could take, you know, but the, the nature of a blind spot is you can't see it. And so generationally we have a blind spot, right? And individually we all have blind spots. So these are, these are all ways to sort of, I guess, frame this of like, all right, this comes naturally, it's biological, but we, we have tools now to have it be an endless stream of outrage. And the more we do it, the more narrow we get. And the more addictive this act, this feeling actually is, but I really like that idea that it is actually numbing. So, mm -hmm. if you think about it, both of you, have have you had this experience where you got a little, a little bit of outrage, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you experience numbness? Yeah, a little bit. Usually, it's because I'm just I get to the end of my rope. It's like oh, I can't do another day of that. Like I just, uh, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna end, and I can't control it even though i'm doing things that i think does control whatever it is i'm mad about so you just get this feeling yeah, of like mirror okay it, is it more uh, numbness or just kind of relenting <laughs> to say oh, right. okay this is just the way it's gonna be fine I'm, I'm, let's move on kind of thing mm -hmm. well and it can depend right like if you're really raging i would mm -hmm. i would assume it would actually get to a it would be a physical numbness right yeah um yeah. You, you're think about it you're 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 living your life and you're activating your fight flight or whatever response all day for no reason and there's no outcome it's not like you're 
you go wrestle a tiger and there's a completion, like I sure. did it, right. you know, right. you're, you're just perpetually exposing yourself to fight. And then, and eventually you're just going to kind of run through your endocrine system and not get out of bed. I mean, well, there, there's a biological you, thing. For better or for worse. I think I give up long before that now. Right. <laughs> I think right. That's probably, mm-hmm. um, I definitely it, give it up. Probably, no, I give up more sooner now than I ever do on stuff like that. Like I just mm-hmm. don't care anymore. I mean, I do, but I don't, I don't know. Like you always hear about people have less poops to give. I definitely have left less poops to give the older I get. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, like, I just can't like, like I would, I would engage, let's say 10 years ago, I would engage at a level that I just won't now. I just won't do it now. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just stupid. I know where it goes. I know where it heads and there's maybe that numbness or maybe that's just experience. I don't know what that is, but, no. but, uh, yeah, I feel like, I think, I feel like we're, we're, uh, here's what's funny. Because you can say, well, this all leads to numbness. And then somebody will say, ah, that's what they want you to do. Because if you're numb, you can't react and you won't be able to do the thing. And then you go, okay, we got to be extra vigilant because they're trying to get me to be numb. And then you get numb on that. And then the same, you know, this weird circle starts to happen. Everyone gets conspiratorial about it. And I hate that. I'm numb to that too. (laughs) Yeah, there's numb to all the things. Yeah. Well, okay. So so let's take uh, something that someone is doing right this minute. Okay, so politics is politics is politics, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let me give you two quick examples. If you like Bernie Sanders, then you love the idea of Medicare for all. If you like Joe Biden, then you don't think Medicare for all is the answer. <laughs> so here's the question. Did you like Medicare for all first? Or you don't like Medicare for all? Or did you like the guys first? Or, you know... If you really drill down, and most people don't ever really stop and think about what's happening, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's the thing. So they researched uh, Republicans in 2014. I mean, here's the thing. We have stats and data, people. You can't hide. Anyway, 2014, 22% of Republicans thought Russia was an ally or even friendly. And any guesses what 2018 brings with that same question? <laughs> Probably a lot of mistrust and uh, and dislike. No, Republicans. Oh, 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 oh from Republicans. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I would still think there would be some question about that, but, but less on the Republican side than on the Democrat side. So 40% of Republicans now see Russia as an ally. Okay. So wow. how does what that happen? Number, what was the number in 2014? 22. 22. Wow. So it's gone. So more people are trusting. Hmm. Right. So any ideas why? I don't know. Happen? I don't know. Hello? Why that would be. Where have I mean, you guys been? Blind, is it just blind following of, uh, of, uh, of uh, is it because, Commander in Cheeto? Is it because? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. 100%. So, I mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know, they watched the Americans and got into Russia. I have no idea. I don't oh, know how wow. you explain it otherwise. But what it is, is that we're groups. We herd. We're tribes. We do whatever, you know? And, and all this stuff has influences on us. But here's what's crazy is that when you really get someone alone. So, Scott, your point. So I was trying to give two examples on both sides, right? Your point of like face to face is really important. And we have all these amazing tools that in theory make everything easier mm-hmm. and quicker. And democracy in theory should be thriving because of these tools. But what we found is those tools um, might be part of why we feel so disconnected, might be adding to that. And especially the outrage parts of things. Um, but we still have this amazing power when we're face to face. So there are some, um, researchers, uh, let's see, they 
gathered 500 people. Have you guys heard about this? It's mm. called American One Room. Mm. No. And it's a long weekend or even a whole week. I can't remember. But they had, um, they took it from registered voters from everything. You name it. If they voted that way, like they cross, think that way. Okay. Yeah, across uh -huh. the Across party lines right. and stuff. Okay. And then they have them all together for this weekend, American One Room. And there is, they say what they're thinking. They, they get talking. I mean, it's amazing. There's a couple different ones happening like this, but this one's kind of the big one. Um, and what happens is people like like each other at the end. They feel like they understood where the other person was coming from. I mean, all mm. this stuff that happens when you're talking to someone where there's some some connection because we're humans or we're all Americans or we're we all love dogs, whatever our our sort of foundation stuff is that connects us, and then we can have these conversations where. Um, we do see it differently and people can express their concerns and it does what it's always done, which it brings everyone a little further towards the middle. Well, then right? that, that, that goes to my theory then of it's all these conveniences for communicating with other people give us one half of the equation, which is the express my feelings openly half of the equation. Right. It doesn't include the other reciprocal part uh, that you're talking about, the human to human interaction, the face to face stuff. And because it doesn't do that, but because it's so easy, we have hundreds of opportunities to do it in a day or more, but none of the, none of that required back end. Right. So it's like we're, I don't know, it's like we're getting, uh, it's like you're getting the pizza without the flavor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just mm -hmm. not the same for what we need but we're just overdoing it on the front end and getting none of that back end. And when the back end does happen, it's like, it feels unique. Like, Oh, I had to talk to this lady at the store. She hates this. And I love that. But by the end we were like friends. In fact, mm -hmm. I'm, we're supposed to go to lunch next week because her right. daughter's in the same class. You know, like all that stuff starts to happen and you start to see it as an outlier when really that should just be the norm, but you sure. don't, but you well, don't we see get the, the label norm. first. Basically we right. see the, we see the, the MAGA hat and we immediately, say, okay, well, that person and I are not going to have anything in common, write them off, and that's it, as opposed to, oh, you've got 12 items or less? I've got 12 items or less. Awesome. <laughs> we have something in common. We're both buying uh, quinoa. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and here's the thing. I think we have an arrogance uh, as Americans that it never, it's not going to serve us people, and that is as if democracy is a given, as if the voting and the freedom and all the things that's just who we are and we help with the rest of the world have it there is there's something to be said for the fact that this idea they call it um what do they call it deliberative polling this idea of actually bringing people together having them have discussions and then polling them rather than how we often hear of polls it's you find a democrat a republican right. an right. independent they claim that's what they are then they say the thing they think, and then that's mm -hmm. what we all go with. And we think, dang, I'm not any of these people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this deliberative polling has happened 108 times in 28 different countries since 1994 in order to have increased you know, healthy political dialogue. We're Northern Ireland, everyone. Just read about that. Uganda, Bulgaria. We're not the first ones to have this challenge, and we're not going to be the last. But I, I feel like we're hitting a point that, you know, it's starting to be clear that something maybe needs to be done. So this leads to some ideas. One, and this is maybe 
not a non-starter, but just some humility, <laughs> right? Like we're, to admit, so this happened the other day. Yes. Someone was talking about something and someone said, oh, that's biased. And my 10 year old said, everyone has a bias. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cheer, <laughs> right? <laughs> to yeah. just recognize right. that, that mm -hmm. what and I am saying is a hundred percent biased um, because of my life experience, because of who I am, because the color of my skin, how I've walked through the world, all the privileges I've had, et cetera. I have a bias towards this thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and that's huge. So take your own, so everyone individually listening, you might be thinking, yeah, well, you're not right about this thing. Well, okay. So just take a little humility and a, a moment and step back and just say, okay, I may not know everything. I may think I'm talking about the, what is it, the Public Something Act of 1975 that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and ask yourself, is it a big deal that I must be right mm -hmm. and if you've heard other people in your life say yeah you always have to be right you know maybe just take a minute and and listen we're really bad at this we're really bad at hearing feedback unless we're a little bit humble um, and so that's the doubling down that's the attacking and criticizing and bullying someone else um, but if we really take a minute and figure out what our own stuff is it kind of goes back to what I always talk about is take your own garbage out but just what is yours? What keeps you stuck in the way you think or the way you treat another person who doesn't think like you? Um, and then another step might be like, okay, so there's some humility, but another step might be actively pursuing a connection and conversation with someone else. They don't have to be all that different from you, but somewhat different from you. Mm -hmm. um, there's just always opportunities. And you know, you can just do that at the grocery store. You can do that on the train. You can, you know, there's there, and even online you can do it, obviously. But you're you're higher risk of having it backfire when you really can't see someone face to face. So those are at least two ideas. There you go. Take that yeah. world of rage craft, um, and and stop trusting Russia, people. Yeah, quit trusting <laughs> Russia. Uh, don't trust China either. And build a bunker, keep all your guns, and be a, be a prepper. Uh, actually, it's so funny. I was I can't really make fun of preppers. We have a year's worth of food storage here at the house, and it's kind of preppy. Prepper. If you, if you think about it. Uh, we do too, but it's because we're lazy, not because we're expecting doomsday. Yeah. I have a lot of ramen here. We just don't here. clean out the fridge. Oh, yeah, when, we just, exactly. You just have a pantry. Wendy, we before you go, you know how at our house growing up, we had ramen all the time. It was always around, yeah. right? Because, you know, it was the closest thing the Koreans could get to their homeland or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, um, and they cost 11 cents each. And they were cheap, that's, yeah. That's more like, yeah. Did you know that every package of, I talked about this on the show earlier, but uh, I haven't told you this. Every package of ramen is two servings. You're supposed to split the brick in half and put uh, one in a bowl and cook it and put half the seasoning <laughs> on it. It says it on every bag. Two servings. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> I know. I freaked out. I couldn't believe it because I've never had half a bag of ramen in my yeah, life. That's right, exactly. So when my 14-year-old has three packages, he's having six <laughs> servings. Okay. Yes, he's Good also he's also right. having like uh, I don't know what the equivalent in sodium is. A but it's, sodium heart attack. It's like drinking right yeah. from the was, Salt Lake. You know, I was trying to remember like there was some some junk food thing that was also you know multiple servings. I think it was Snickers bars that really oh. when you get like a regular sized Snickers bar that's supposed to be two servings. Oh, really? Like a normal, like an uncut, a not normal, segmented. So a mini is the one serving. Right. Exactly. Fun size oh. is probably one serving. <laughs> 
we've, we've all been doing it wrong then because yes exactly i never ate that as a half a serving that's great uh, sorry mm -hmm. two servings of a thing that's crazy mm -hmm. anyway, i don't know if it still is the case but i remember that was that was the junk food example that i that i remembered as a as a young adult well when when you next time you get a bag of ramen 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 out notice just look on the back it'll say and you'll go my whole life has been a lie. I didn't know this. Right. How did you learn this? Did uh, somebody, no, somebody somewhere pointed it out to me and I didn't believe them. I can't remember who told me this, but I ran upstairs, grabbed a bag and sure enough, they all say two servings. <laughs> so weird. So weird to me. All right. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Wendy is always a pleasure. Uh, anything, uh, uh, pimp worthy coming out of uh, house Wendy this week. No, oh. there's no, no pimp worthiness coming out of my house. Yeah, you got Halloween coming. You still got Halloween age kids, right? It's going to be we, fun. Yeah, we do. In fact, uh, I am not going to be. Are you going to have the show next Halloween? We are. Halloween off, we are. But if you're not going to be here, it's okay because it's a jam-packed day of other Perfect. Lines. It's yeah. good. So. I will be. This is so terrible, everyone. But I'm going to be on a plane. Oh, where are you going? Ditching my children on Halloween. Uh, I'm going to meet some friends from Sweden in New York. So I have all these people. I'm like, I promise, come visit. It'll be so amazing. And I really mean it. Come, come, come. But they don't want to come to Minnesota. They only want to go to New York. Yeah. And they've never, they've never been to the States. And so it was the only time they could go because, you know, Halloween's not that big a deal. Yeah. And so anyway. We uh, usually, that's us usually every year, Brian, because usually BlizzCon's, uh, the flight is on Halloween. Mm -hmm. So we're usually flying oh, really? on that day anyway, but this year I'm not. Neither is Brian. So, um, do they yeah. do special stuff on Halloween flights? Because I'm just open for no. Candy corn. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, they encourage you not to wear a costume yeah. on your flight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I believe that. The late, although I do want to say the last time our one of our flight attendants maybe had something on, like uh, yeah. like a Harry Potter thing or something. Something. Yeah. I don't exactly. remember. So they, no, that's scary. the part I'm kind of bummed about not going to BlizzCon this year. Is that you know I'd be going to. Maybe uh, not scary farm or something for Halloween night, which was crazy cool last year with Tristan. Right. Yeah. Hey. yeah, not scary awesome. farm is awesome the way they do that yeah. stuff. Well, I will take uh, some pictures. I'm going to go to the Greenwich Village Halloween Parade, Ooh. which if you've read anything about, it, it's the only it's the only live public Halloween parade at night. Stoning. Oh, yeah, maybe stoning. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, can you imagine the creative energy that's gone yeah, into those costumes? Kidding. So I'm excited. Oh, I think awesome. all I think all four of us are going to dress up like Greta Thunberg um, and go. To the oh yeah, do that. She's she's uh, she's crazy. Cool. I like that. <laughs> I like that girl. Uh, all right. Well, have fun doing that. Uh, report back. Take lots of pictures. Put them on Instagram. You can find Wendy at Wendy Dunford on Instagram if you're looking for uh, that. Uh, and uh, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye now. See you. Can't find her to hang ah. up on her. There she is. Oops. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, now she's gone. All right. That is today's show, everybody. We are done. Uh, a, a reminder that we do a Friday episode of the show. Tomorrow will be no different. It's happening for 3.30 uh, mm -hmm. Mountain Time right here at frogpants.tv. It'll be live or you can get it on the podcast. We do it because of your support at our Patreon, patreon.com slash TMS. Keep that up, and we'll keep that up. That's Friday at 3.30 Mountain Time. Frogpants.com says keep paying, we'll keep playing. That's right. Pay to play. That's right. And we're like an pay arcade. You put quarters in us, we you can play us. Dancing monkeys is what we are. <laughs>
In more ways than one. Anyway, go check it out. Frogpants.com slash TMS is our website. Uh, Brian, do you have a song to play on our way out of the door, please? I have a song, Scott. So we get an email from Kevin Crazy in the chat room. Hey, Brian, I'll be turning that magical number of 42 on the 24th of October and thought I'd throw a song request out. Nothing specific this go around, so I'm looking for the cover master to find something I'll enjoy. Ideally, I'd like to hear a song related to the number 42 or something cosmic centered around space travel, exploring the unknown, etc. Rock, either power, hard rock, prog rock, etc. is preferred, but no bluegrass. But of course, you get the final say. Thanks, Kevin, formerly known as Crazy in the Tadpool, but it's been a while. Nice. Okay, Kevin. All right, so something a little spacey. Um, I looked at some level 42 covers and decided they weren't hard rock enough, not even, even really prog enough, but settled on this one. And this is cool. This is from a brand new album from hidden citizens called reawakenings volume two hidden citizens do a lot of covers in the style of like current movie trailer, uh, slow, but powerful ballady things that end with kind of a whisper or a little girl singing as the credits roll and coming this November, stuff like that. Uh, on this album, they do a cover of Moby's We Are All Made of Stars. And it starts out a little slow, but then it rocks by about halfway through. So I think you're going to love this. Uh, here is Hidden Citizens with their cover of We Are All Made of Stars featuring Tim. Could it really be Tim Halpert? Isn't Tim Halpert the guy from uh, The Office? Oh, Halperin. Uh, Tim Halperin. <laughs> oh, got it. All right. <laughs> it was getting cut off. I'm like, Tim Halpert. No, Jim Halpert. Jim was, Halpert. Uh, Tim is the, the office, one on the yeah. British office. Tim. That's why, it's, that's why I was confusing everything. Yeah. Tim and Jim. This is neither. It's Tim Halpern. <laughs> anyway, here is We Are All Made of Stars. All right. Hidden we'll, Citizens. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Ha <laughs> ha